It is Friday, January 27th. I'm Scott Zadner. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Coaching news around the NFL. And Mick Cronin is the devil. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Frank Reich, the first head coaching domino to fall as he signs with the Panthers. The Jets have hired former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett as their new offensive coordinator. Does this mean Aaron Rodgers is going to follow? And limping Luka. Not ideal. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll start with all the coaching news, AJ, and let's go from the top down, and the head coach would be the first at the top, and that's Frank Reich in Carolina. Yeah, and this is clearly a a point of controversy. Yes. There were a lot of people who believed that Steve Wilkes deserved to get that job in Carolina, Um, and here's why I'm good with the Frank Reich hiring, and I'll be honest. If you think Frank Reich was hired to be the head coach because he's white, I think we've got a real disconnect, first of all. I, like, just putting that out mm-hmm. there. I, I don't think billionaires pay millionaires based on what color they are. Otherwise, all these racist owners would have a bunch of white wide receivers. They care about winning games. Yep. Uh, and they're going to hire the guy they think is best for the long term of their organization. And I said this when Frank Reich got fired. Frank Reich is one of the 32 best coaches in the world. I would agree. Like the the idea that he got fired after a three and five start mm-hmm. that included a win over Kansas City, by the way, <laughs> is almost absurd. Uh, given that he his worst season to that point had been seven and nine, and he was on his third quarterback in three years, he'd been to the playoffs twice, won a playoff game his first year as the coach. Mm-hmm. Is an, a, a, an above 500 head coach? I thought it was crazy, especially for a guy who had no experience in Jeff Saturday. And I think we can look back at it and say, yep, Colts messed that up. Uh, Frank Reich would have given you a better chance at success. And let's face it, the Colts in that division with competent coaching, they might have been able to win that division. Mm-hmm. They didn't have competent coaching, so we'll never know. Yeah, and for Steve Wilkes. Yes, there's a case to be made. He was put in a horrible situation, taking over a terrible team that got rid of its best player and, you know, one of their top other weapons in Robbie Anderson, right? So McCaffrey and Anderson gone. You don't know who the quarterbacks is. Baker Mayfield's gone. And he has that team one win away from winning the division. You know, if they beat the Panthers, if they beat the Bucks, there, it's a completely different season. We don't know what happens with the Panthers in Week 17. So it's interesting that he, I guess, didn't get a fair chance here. Which, by the way, let's not act like it was – I mean, Tampa scored 20 points in the fourth quarter to win that game. Like, they they gave that game away. What we do know is that Steve Wilkes already had a – discrimination suit against yes. the um the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. It looks like the Panthers will be added to this lawsuit. 
which I, I don't really understand how that works. Like, if you have an interim coach who goes six and six, you have to hire him now, no matter what. Like, that's that, or otherwise it's racist. It's that doesn't make any sense to me. The claim is that both uh, racial bias infected the hiring process. Is that they shied away from Wilkes because he had sued the Cardinals for discrimination. And that's why they didn't want to take him seriously as a candidate. You know what? I guess that I can hear an argument for. And I, I, that, that's, I think it's very difficult to prove. But if you're saying Frank Wright got hired over Steve Wilkes, and it's not because he's a more accomplished coach in the National Football League, that's there, just wrong. Yeah, there's no denying he's a more accomplished coach. And I'm by the, not, way, you know, by the Frank, way, you know Frank Reich's daughter works for the Panthers? Does she really? Yes. I did not know that. Yes. Here's what I do know, I, and I said this at the time, I don't think Steve Wilkes got a fair shake in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I, I think typically if you are a one-and-done one head coach, uh, that's not enough. And, you know, the Texans have now done it twice in a row, happened to be to two black guys. I'm not saying that that uh, that it's because that's why they did it, but I think often here's this is going to be maybe a, a hot take for the day. We don't do a lot of hot takes on the show. I'll do one. I believe teams that know they're in transition periods look at it as an opportunity if they're if they're looking for a fall guy, a guy who hey we know we're not going to win this year, so we're not going to go out and pay Sean Payton. That wouldn't make sense to have mm-hmm. Sean Payton come this come coach this garbage roster and pay him all this money. So we'll got we'll find ourselves a coach who's not going to cost a lot, and when we stink inevitably because our roster stinks, we'll say, "Ah, oh, got to move on from you, coach," and then we'll have a real coach come in, a quote unquote real coach come uh-huh. in, and when we got a when we got a team that's ready to compete, I fully believe the Texans did that. With David Cully, mm-hmm. and then the next year with Lovey Smith, I really do believe that. And it, the Astros did that at one point with a guy named Bo Porter before they hired AJ Hinch. They knew they couldn't win, and they said, "Well, let's let Bo Porter steer the ship until all these Carlos Correas and Alex Bregman's are ready to be in the bigs, mm-hmm. and then we'll go find our man." And I, I fully believe that they say, "Well, if we're going to have a guy like that." We'd look real good if we hired a minority here. And it's a way to kind of distance yourself from anyone calling you racist or or anything like that. It's hard for me to say the Panthers are are, are making this decision on based on race when they fired a white guy and gave a black guy the interim opportunity. They didn't have to do that. So here's the statement from uh, Steve Wilkes' attorney, uh, I guess. This is, um, yes. He's the same group doing the Brian Flores thing, right? Yes. Which, and again, the difference to me between Brian Flores and and Steve Wilkes is I don't think Brian Flores, like I don't think you can make a case that Brian Flores should have been fired. Like Mm -hmm. I think it's crazy to think that he should have been fired. Unless, yeah. I think he's, again, Brian Flores, I put him in that same category. I think he's one of the 32 best coaches in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He should be a head coach. So uh, oh, I got I got stuff to say about Miami too coming up, but let, let, let I'll tease that ahead. So this is the comment from uh, the attorney who does represent Wilkes and the pending Brian Flores. 
discrimination case as well. Quote, we are shocked and disturbed that after the incredible job Coach Wilkes did as the interim coach, including bringing the team back into playoff contention and garnering the support of the players and fans, that he was passed over for the head coach position by David Tepper. There is a legitimate race problem in the NFL, and we can assure you that we will have more to say in the coming days, end quote. Now, I do agree there's a legitimate race problem in the NFL. I I agree with that. But I don't agree that Steve Wilkes deserves a job ahead of Frank Reich. That's what I don't agree. That's what I can. You know what? Had the Panthers hired Joe Judge, I'd be saying, oh, this is fishy. (laughs) Yes. But there were a few guys out there, and really, Sean Payton, Frank Reich, probably the top of the list Mm -hmm. of guys that – yeah, these guys are they're going to get the first crack at things. If you have a chance to get one of those guys, you get them because those are the best available guys. Mm-hmm. I, I again, this this isn't some unaccomplished coach who's coming in here and taking this job. Like this is a guy who probably shouldn't have been available and was. You go get those guys. And I'd say the same thing if someone went and got Brian Flores, which I think they should. I keep hearing he's interview he, like he interviewed yesterday with the Vikings to be the DC. Yep. He should be getting head coaching interviews. It doesn't make sense that he's not. Uh, people are afraid because of the pending le- le- you know, legal matters. So yeah. they're not going to hire him as a head coach. But, I mean, why, why hasn't Eric Bieniemy gotten a job? Why isn't he a head coach? I, those are great questions. Yeah. And, listen, I'm not saying there isn't a good old boy network in the NFL. I'm not saying that there are decisions made based on race that aren't fair. I'm saying this one is hard to tack that on because this feels like the merit of the coach that was hired I agree. is too high to question. Yes, you're right. It, they would have a case if a lesser coach was if Nathaniel Hackett got this job. Yes. Then 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 we can say there's a race problem. I agree. <laughs> but Frank Reich absolutely deserves a head coaching job ahead of Steve Wilkes. He's a better head coach and he has ties to the organization. He's the first quarterback in Carolina Panthers history. Frank Reich going back to the Carolina Panthers, and it's a nice story. I mentioned his daughter works for the team. I think she does marketing or social media or whatever. So congratulations, a little family reunion there in Carolina. Frank Reich taking over the Panthers. Now they just have to figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position. Yeah, and that's the other thing. You know you're going to draft a quarterback. You who want better a, than a quarterback you guy? want the guy who is known as the quarterback guy yep. uh, to be. And let's face it, Frank Reich never really got one. Um, I, I think he he did the best he could, and, and f- with Philip Rivers at the end of the Philip Rivers era, yeah, uh, you know he, he didn't plan on Andrew Luck retiring, obviously. Nope. Uh, but after that, it was Nick Foles who clearly was done being a quality quarterback, and Matt Ryan who was clearly done being a quality quarterback. I think the Panthers know we're going to go draft a quarterback. We're going to have a young guy in here who we're going to make our franchise quarterback, and we want a coach who we feel like will will grow with him. And I don't think that's the wrong move. And and I think also you look around the league right now and you look at the teams that are left and who's got offensive coaches and who's got defensive coaches. The offensive coaches are lasting a lot longer these days Mm. than defensive coaches. I think the NFL is, in general, trying to move more towards hiring offensive guys as head coaches because that's the way the league is going. It's just it just is, uh, and that's that's an X against Steve Wilkes. He's a def- defensive coach. Yep. Um, I don't know 
yet if – and I'm guessing if he files a lawsuit against him, I can't imagine that he would stay on as the D.C. No, I would assume that Reich's going to pick his own staff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, and I, and I get – I heard this a lot to, uh, yesterday. The players like Steve Wilkes, and that may be true, but guess what the players also like? Winning. Yeah. And it's a business. These guys – like – these guys want to win over everything. And I guarantee if you ask 32 of 32 NFL owners, hey, we're going to tell you, you can win a Super Bowl, but it's going to be with a black head coach. They will say yes. Like yeah, of course. That. Like that. They, they, I do not believe that. They, I really think. And now I'm not saying if they said, okay, we've got these two candidates. Again, these are old billionaire white guys. You're not going to convince me there's not racist thoughts running through their heads. So if you tell me there's two equal candidates, I could see them leaning towards the good old boys. But, I, again, I don't think this factors in. And I think if you really believe that Steve Wilkes is a more deserving head coach than Frank Reich, you're not looking at it through clear lenses. Yeah. And I, that's all. I. It, again, it, it's no knock on Steve Wilkes who – Maybe he is a good head coach. I don't know. I, what I've seen of him is to say it doesn't say that he is. Like going six and six down the stretch in a a, a bad division. Let's face it, uh, is not enough for me to be like, oh well, he beat the Falcons. What? Oh, like, we got to give him this job. Like it's just not. Um, I, I I don't. I don't think that this was a racially motivated decision, especially knowing that this David Tepper is like willing to to win at all costs. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to, who's gonna he's, he wants the guy who's gonna give him the best chance to win a Super Bowl. He believes it's Frank Reich. I, I can't say that I blame him. Are are Mike Tomlin and Mike McDaniel the only black coaches in the NFL now? Head head coaches? Uh, yes. Yes, yeah, Lovey Smith's fired. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll see. Uh, uh, D'Amico Ryans is going to be a head coach next season. I'm almost certain of it. Mm-hmm. Like D'Amico Ryans is like the the hottest coordinator yeah. out there. Yep. Like he's the guy. I think. And uh, Eric Bieniemy is supposedly going to interview for the for the Colts job again. So well, well, I, I'll believe any of that when I see it. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know why Eric Bieniemy hasn't gotten a job yet. Mm-hmm. I it, like I'm not again. I'm not saying there's no racism involved. I've heard everything from doesn't interview. He's well. not a good interview. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is because clearly what he's accomplished as an OC warrants him getting a job. Although there is the concern that well, he did that with Patrick Mahomes and like, Andy Reid. How does it work when you're not? Yeah, when you're mm-hmm. not there. Because let's face it, uh, Nathaniel Hackett when you took away Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers wasn't that good. So well, let's talk about Nathaniel and he's Hackett. and he's white. Yes. Uh, so he's white and he's uh, trust me. White Nathaniel Hackett will not be getting a head coaching job this year. I can assure you. Well, because he's gotten an offensive coordinator job. (laughs) Nathaniel Hackett has been hired by the Jets to be their offensive coordinator. It was a two-week coaching search for the Jets, and they hire Nathaniel Hackett, and the speculation is out there that this is a precursor to an Aaron Rodgers trade. How did that work out, AJ, for the Denver Broncos? when the assumption was <laughs> they hired Nathaniel Hackett to be their head coach because they were going to acquire Aaron Rodgers in a trade? How'd that work out? It didn't work out. Yeah, and so they got Russell Wilson instead. Which also didn't work out. Correct. Though you could argue 
may have worked out better than if they'd gotten Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know what could have been. Because at least now Denver knows that Russell Wilson's going to be their quarterback next year. Green Bay isn't sure what with Aaron yeah, Rodgers. So, yeah. yeah, it's a weird situation. But clearly Nathaniel Hackett was in over his head. And they thought – and I, we, I, I was beating the drum for this at the time. They really believe they, – they don't, you don't hire this guy – Unless you think he comes with Aaron Rodgers, because it, it just didn't make sense. No one was talking about him before, nope. and this is, and you always worry about taking away, a, like taking away a coach who's worked with a special player. Mm-hmm. And if you had any concerns about Brian Dayball going to the Giants, that was your concern. It was like, yeah. what's no he going to look Allen. like with no Josh Allen? Yep. So they, I mean, it's not like it never works out, but sometimes it doesn't. And there is concern when you've got these guys like an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen that if you're their OC and you move away from them and you get replacement quarterback, mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to create that magic. You know what I mean? And le- I mean, as good as Brian Dayball did with Daniel Jones this year, which let's face it, the the jump for Daniel Jones was incredible. Absolutely. It still was nowhere near what he was doing with Josh Allen in Buffalo. Yeah. Like it, there, and it, how much credit goes to Dayball and how much credit goes to Mike Kafka, sure. who came over from the Chiefs. Yeah. So, you, so like you don't you don't want to act like it's all the players, but mm-hmm. your players certainly have a lot to do with it. And if it's if, if Aaron if the, the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, uh, I don't know what this offense is going to look like. It's it, it's what's Nathaniel Hackett going to do with they they say. That they're going to get a veteran quarterback. Yeah, I don't know what veteran quarterback that's going to be. If it's Zach Wilson next year, Nathaniel Hackett's not going to do anything with Zach Wilson. Couldn't do anything with Russell. I agree. Wilson. Um, but I also think that Nathaniel Hackett, as an offensive coordinator, has a track record of success. Some guys are built to yeah, be offensive Yeah, the name Hackett doesn't make Jets fans feel good because his no, dad, sure. Paul Hackett, was under fire for four years when he was the Jets' offensive coordinator. Everyone hated the guy. It was the uh, Paul Hackett, unimaginative offense. Uh, Paul Hackett off, can't move the football. The Jets have to rely on their defense. And, and, and <laughs> I'm telling you, Jets fans are going to get on him. If that offense struggles like it did this year, they will get on him. There are guys like, unless it's Aaron Rodgers a quarterback. There are some guys who if if they are the 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 lead actor in a movie, mm-hmm. it's not the best thing. They're better as supporting actors. You take those same guys and you make them a supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody's a leading man. Not everybody's not Robert every- Downey Jr. Not everyone's Leo. Or, or, yeah, Leo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt or George mm-hmm. Clooney, okay? There's a lot of guys who, can, they're fine actors. They're just not built to be the guy. And when, some like, I think some of these guys, some of these guys, these coaches think they're ready to be the guy. And then they come back with their tail tucked. And, w- listen, we've seen that with a lot of guys who fell out of the Bill Belichick tree. Uh, you know, they they turn around and come right back. Like, whoops, that was that was a mistake. Let me get back here. Uh, Matt Patricia comes <laughs> crawling back. Josh McDaniels is try- he jumped out of the tree for the second time. We'll see where how he ends up. But clearly, Nathaniel Hackett is a supporting actor, and back in a supporting actor role, maybe he can have some success. And there's nothing wrong with being a really good OC. Like that's. 
those are important. Mm-hmm. And if you, I mean, you can make a good living being a great OC for a long time. Like that, it, it works sometimes. Um, you know, it's it, Brett Venables, who was the DC at Clemson for like one million years, having a rough go of it. He had a million opportunities to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, every year, someone was calling and say, "Hey, you want to be the head coach?" He's like, "No, I'm good as a DC." Finally, takes the head coaching job at Oklahoma. Shit, I bet I, I bet he wishes he was back at Clemson right now, <laughs> like because it is a lot tougher than you think being the head guy if you've never done it before. Not everybody's built for it. By and the way, Daniel Hackett clearly not built for it. Jeff Bridges, uh, who was nominated twice for a Best Actor award and did win it once for Crazy Heart, has tied for the record for most nominations for Best Supporting Actor. Okay, he's been nominated four times. But for Jeff, best Br- supporting like, actor. but I. I mean, Jeff Bridges is the star of a cult classic. So it's not like to say he can't be a leading man because he was a star of The Big Lebowski. Yeah, but was he the star or was John Goodman? Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, you can make it. No, make an he's probably the star. Yeah. But what what movie did. What what movie has he made that was like a massive box office hit? Which, by the way, Big Lebowski was not a big box office hit. No. It, um, it, it, well, he won for uh, what, uh, Crazy Heart. Is that what he won for? Did Crazy Heart make a bunch of money at the theaters? No. Is it critically acclaimed? Does he get a trophy for it? Yeah. A leading man brings the bank. True grit. Again, a remake, and he did a fine role in it. Yeah. But, you know, this isn't a mega hit. He's not a leading man. Hell or High Water. I actually That's a great that movie. movie. That is a great movie. That was nominated for Best Picture, I think. I, I think it was. It probably should have won. It was a, round, really it was a good fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, but I digress. I, I the, the whole point was there are guys who are built for for roles. And, like, you know, if you look at the uh, – Jeremy Renner plays Hawkeye. Yeah. And, like, if Jeremy Renner was Iron Man, it wouldn't be as cool. Wouldn't work. Wouldn't it work. just wouldn't work. Yeah. You Like, you got to have a guy who feels like he's a, a superstar. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's just a, that's the way the world is. And I'm sorry, Nathaniel Hackett, you're Hawkeye. Well, maybe maybe a guy who knows his role in the Avengers is Dan Quinn, because Dan Quinn has told teams he ain't interested in the head coaching jobs. He's staying with the Cowboys as the defensive coordinator. Well, and remember, Dan Quinn stepped out once before, and Dan Quinn, who had a ton of success as a DC was regarded as like a genius as a DC mm. in Seattle. Led one of the best defenses of all time up there. Yep. Goes to Atlanta to be the head coach. Twenty eight three. And especially, oh my God. How did how did it go after he got separated from Kyle Shanahan? Yeah. Bad, real bad. Now it's like oh, he's out there naked. Now you <laughs> see what Dan Quinn really was. And that's an, another example of a guy who I think understands what he is and it's it's I think it's very difficult for these guys because the money to be a head coach is so appealing and you 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 think man if I can just have this one big payday that it's it'll be awesome but then you get that payday and you realize oh my god I'm in over my head mm. like I'm, I'm this isn't where I'm supposed to be I, I'm not I'm not this guy and it's sometimes it's better to be paid good money and be in a role that you can have success with Mm -hmm. than be paid great money and be ridiculed and be bad at your job 
and be almost unhirable yeah. uh, after that. Like it, sometimes it's sometimes the unknown is better. Like it, it's better to say, mm, I don't know if I'd be a great head coach. You know, <laughs> I, I, I focus on this because this is what I'm really good at. And it, it's not like you can't being an NFL coordinator. You can make a damn good living, especially if you're really good at it. So it, it, it all depends on what's important to you. And you see, I think here's a great example. We mentioned him earlier, David Culley, mm-hmm. who was a special teams coach for a long career. No one was ever knocking down David Culley's door to be a head coach before, but he was a respected special teams coach. Yeah, Mike Westhoff. He gets the job as the Texans head coach. One year, it's a disaster. He's fired. Do you think anyone is ever going to consider David Culley for a head coaching job again? Ever? No. Never. Never. You have to wait for the perfect situation. You have to wait until everything lines up. Mm-hmm. And clearly, if the assumption was everything was going to line up for Nathaniel Hackett with Aaron Rodgers coming, it didn't line up. Yeah. And I think Dan Quinn saw the writing on the wall. Like, man, I've got some really special players on this defense here in Dallas. You know, remember he had some really special players on on defense in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then when they started to go away, okay, I better get out of here. Go take it. Go take this job in Atlanta. Well, in Atlanta, you never had the real special players on defense. And guess what? Your team stunk. Yep. And you got a big stink on you. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do that again. You don't want to go somewhere. Right now, you're riding high. You're in a good position. You're you know you're a, a DC on a team that that clearly is you know. It, they were a couple plays away from being in the in the final four. You don't want to take a chance of like, where, where are you going to go? Was he going to coach the Broncos? Not going to, yeah, not going to work. You going to go coach the Texans? You going to go take that job where yeah. you got no? Are you going to go coach the Cardinals? You want to coach that defense? And you think people are going to go? You know what? Dan Dan Quinn can coach defense. <laughs> no, you can't. Not with those guys. Yeah, it's a lot easier to coach defense when you've got Micah Parsons on your team. When you when you've got uh, Trayvon Diggs on mm-hmm, your team, mm-hmm. you got you know with Van Der Esch, you got these guys. It's coaching defense is easy right now, man. I better keep collecting this check because I've got the guys here that, that are getting me getting me this love. Yep, and you know, continue to get. You're you're only going to make yourself more attractive by staying as a defensive coordinator and doing a good job. Yeah. As opposed to going and being a head coach, you can only get down. You can only go downhill. It's not like it's not like after you coach somewhere for three years, all of a sudden now you're going to get more money to coach somewhere else. Right. You're either going to stay as the head coach and maybe you get a little raise, or you're going to do bad and get fired. But if you continue to be an OC, you get a little raise, and now the next job that's offered to you is going to be a better job and more money. And think about this: this is why Iron Man has movies. Captain America has movies. Hawkeye's got a Disney Plus TV. Thor's show. got movies. You know, you know who Nathaniel Hackett is? He's not even he's not even a Hawkeye. He's Groot. Like, <laughs> imagine Groot has his own movie. Who's watching a Groot movie? Nobody watches the Groot movie. I would watch a Groot. No, movie. If, if all you said all the time was "I am Groot." Because <laughs> yeah. this was his this was his playbook when Listen, he got when he got this, to Denver. This was his playbook. He's like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Listen, Vin, Aaron Rodgers. Vin Diesel's made a ton of money off saying that three is unbelievable. Words. Yeah, yeah, that's a good move by him. I am Groot. But I don't think you could do a full movie based on that. <laughs> I think it'd be hard, as Nathaniel Hackett found out. Well, Championship Sunday is fast approaching. AJ, we've been talking about it all week, and I guess let's break down our final thoughts. Uh, what we know right now of Patrick Mahomes, he's playing. He practiced. 
He said that it's not as bad as I thought it was not as be. bad as I thought it was going to be. So money has come in on the Kansas City Chiefs. Where are we now with the line? The Kansas City Chiefs are favored by one and a half. Mostly there's still a few straggler ones hanging around, yeah. but it's mostly one and a halfs right now. So. Listen, it, this is one of those instances where whichever side you like, you've had a crack at the number that you, you know, yep, the number that you want. Uh, but the Chiefs now back to one and a half point favorites, which this is where I played my Bengals teaser. And I regret not playing a Chiefs teaser on the other side. Yeah. Uh, and I am a sucker because I got I bought into the idea that maybe Patrick Mahomes was like like his leg was falling off or well, something. Well, would you pair it with the 49ers? Yeah, 49ers. Okay. Yep. I'd pair it with the, the exact same thing on both sides and, sure. and try for that middle. Uh, and but here, But here's the other thing, why the 49ers, and this is something I've picked up from Fez, here's why the 49ers aren't as, an, uh, as appealing of a teaser piece as they were early in the week, because now the, all the two and a halves you'll find on the 49ers, minus 105. Hmm. Uh, all the two and a halfs on the Eagles, the minus two and a halfs, you got to pay the extra vig. We might see a three for the 49ers. And if you see it, if you grab you, it. If, if I see a three on the 49ers, the 49ers will be a play. I don't know if it'll happen. Fez says he's not sure if it'll happen. But the, the way the line has moved in the last even 24 hours certainly suggests that that we could see it. Because you can't, you can't find a minus two and a half, minus 110 now. Mm-hmm. On the Eagles, it's it's minus two and a half, minus one fifteen across the board. I think we're going to see threes by kickoff, and if I get a three, I'm I'm going to like the Niners there. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to do a Dumbo teaser <laughs> with the Bengals and the over in, in the Bengals, Bengals Chiefs game. Now you don't have to because the game's going over forty seven and a half. It is, but to get it down to forty and a half, you know, just do a seven point teaser. You get the Bengals up to eight, and you get the uh, you get the total to forty and a half because forty one's a key number. Yeah, so that's attractive to me. I know Fez will call me a Dumbo. Sure he will. But the Dumbo teaser sometimes it works. It's worked a lot. This <laughs> it season. has worked a lot this it, season. It's worked a lot. The Dumbo teaser. I think the game. I love the over in the game. I think over forty seven. That that's my. If I'm gonna play one play, it's not gonna be a side. It's not gonna be Chiefs or Bengals. It's gonna be the over. I like the over as well. I like the over in the first half even more. Uh, and mostly because I think Andy Reid is going to put Patrick Mahomes, at least from for the scripted plays, uh-huh. in a position to succeed. And a lot can happen over the course of the game. Like somebody rolls up on him, okay, yeah, and then you feel like you've got a terrible ticket. Yeah, or he runs for a first down and then steps awkwardly or whatever. Sure, but he I feel like out of bounds, anything can happen. Playing the first half over minimizes it. Mm-hmm. It also, assuming he has a shot, which I assume he'll probably get a shot. Yeah. They all do. It's most effective for the first half of the football game. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's when I think Patrick Mahomes will be at his best. That's the way I would look. And well, remember, look, look when the, the Chiefs played the Bengals last time, mm-hmm. got up big. Yeah. Big, tw- you know, it was 21-7. And it could have been 28 or yep. it could have been 24. Like, they, they they botched it at the end of the first half. Yeah, it, I mean, so I, I – and at 23 for a first half over? Come on. Yeah, I, I know I like that as well. It, you have to look at the closing totals in the three prior games that these two teams have played, obviously Mahomes versus Burrow. You had this year's regular season game was closed at 53-and-a-half. The championship game last year closed at 54-and-a-half, and the regular season game last year closed at 51. All three of those games would have gone over or did go over 47 and a half. Now, two of them didn't go over the closing number. It was 
34-31 in the regular season last year, and then 27-24 in the championship game, 27-24 in the regular season this year. But still, all three of those games over 47 and a half. So that's, to me, I understand the Patrick Mahomes injury, but also the injury is obviously not a big as big of a deal because the market is moving in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs with the money coming in on them, seeing them now at one, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah. But the total has stayed the same. Yeah, the total's so the not line, moving w- with the the like exactly. with the Patrick Mahomes news, which yes. I, th- I thought is very odd. Like it, it seemed- it, 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 They're thinking that, what, the Bengals are going to score? Because if you're, if you're moving the favorite from Bengals minus one or Bengals minus one-and-a-half, to now Chiefs minus one or Chiefs minus one and a half. And that's based on think, the expectation that Patrick Mahomes is healthy. Don't you think the total would go up from 47 and a half to 48 and it a half? It has to. It has to. No, what they're doing is they're giving the Chiefs one more point and then taking a point away from the Bengals' projections. I, I don't understand that. To me, the over is the best play in this game. And it's my best play of the weekend. I agree. The 49ers and the Eagles, uh, you know, we mentioned the two and a half, maybe some threes. Uh, this one's a t- it's tough to get a grasp on. I-, I see some matchup advantages for the 49ers offense uh, against a, a – there is a good pass rush for Philly, and this is the best defense Brock Purdy's faced, which is a concern to me, no doubt. But I do think the the idea of Christian McCaffrey, who also said today, I'm good to go for this thing. I'm, no way I'm missing this playoff game. He says he's good to go. But I think he's a problem because the Eagles struggle with running backs catching the football out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And I think George Kittle's a problem because the Eagles have gone cheap at linebacker. They have small linebackers. If you're trying to put some small linebacker on George Kittle, you got a real problem. And if you're trying to put a safety on him, now that means you can't double Debo or you, you can't. I mean, now you're, you're just leaving yourself open to a lot of things. So I think those guys can be problems. That worries me for as far as the total goes. And just the idea that both these, but both these teams playing the best defense they've seen all year. Yes, that's that's the concern for me. Like I, I can't go to an over because I, you know, these guys haven't seen this level of defense on the other side of them. I can't go to the under because I feel like there's some real matchup edges mm-hmm. here. So it, it's a really tough line to call. So help me out here. I'm still alive in my playoff survivor pool. Now I haven't uh, I haven't used the 49ers yet, and I haven't used the Bengals yet. Okay. I've used the Chiefs and I've used the Eagles. Who do I use this week? And understanding if I don't have a team to pick in the Super Bowl, I'm out. Yeah. But there's a chance that the surviving players all don't have a team to pick in the Super Bowl and there's a chop situation. So here's what to me, this is what you can do. You find the team that you think has the best chance to win the Super Bowl and you bet the other team this week. Like So if you say between the 49ers and the Bengals, which one do you think has a better chance of winning the Super Bowl? Well, right now, if you go by, I guess, the what, what, what are the odds right now on the potential Super Bowl matchup? I think it would be Bengals. They're all pretty close, actually. I think it would be Bengals minus one in the Super Bowl. So I guess that means I would have to go Bengals to win it. Man. I guess, yeah, I guess I'd go Bengals to win it, so I have to go 49ers this week. Uh, well, here's the other thing. Of the people in your pool, do more people have the 49ers or Bengals available? Can you see that? Because that's that, that'd be a factor, too. I'd want the team that has the fewest amount of people so winning I, the Super Bowl. So there's, there, out of the 65 that I guess are left in the pool, 
Um, I know that 18 took the Bengals last week. And 35 took the Niners last week. So that means there's going to be fewer people who have the 49ers in the, winning the Super Bowl. Correct. So if I were you, I would want I would play the 49ers to win the Super Bowl because you're going to have the the least amount of competition and the the smallest amount of chop. So here, here, if you were to chop. So I'm looking at it right now. Okay, uh, if we just go down the list, Bengals, Bengals gone, Niners gone. Let's see, one person has both available. I'm just looking to. Oh, oh, this is crazy. I mean. Not many people have Bengals Niners available like I do. I so I would find out which one of those teams fewer people have, and that would be the team I have to win the Super Bowl because it's like playing an NCAA bracket. Like if 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 the team if the I'm assuming the team that most people have that they're going to try to have win the Super Bowl is the Chiefs. So if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and you had the Chiefs, you'd have very little chance of winning because mm-hmm. the likelihood of you having a second team is low. But if you pick a team that most people won't have winning. You've got the best chance, and you split the pot with the fewest people if you were to split. It's it. got to be, it's got to be Bengals to win the Super Bowl, because I don't think anybody has Bengals left. Okay, I think majority of the people have used. The well, Bengals. you said more people used the 49ers last week than the Bengals. Well, that was last week. In the wild card round, most of the people used the Bengals. The Bengals were the highest picked team in the wild ah, card round. Well, yeah. That, so I would do that math, and that's I think that's the way to figure it out. I'm putting it in right now. Here we go. I'm selecting Niners to beat the Eagles in the survivor pool, which means if it is a Niners-Bengals Super Bowl, I got the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. There you go. Good luck. That's just in this pool, though. That's not like official. Yeah. That's not like, that's not official <laughs> plays here, guys. Right. That's not, 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 nothing's official. You don't okay. have any options in this case. This, this is just. This is just. We're playing game theory here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Trying try to win a survivor pool is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> no, I do think if you look at right now, the odds to win the Super Bowl just based on you know the winner, the Eagles are the favorite, followed by the Chiefs, then the Bengals, then the 49ers. Super Bowl MVPs uh, are up right now. And it coincides with those odds to win, obviously, because Hertz is the favorite, followed by Mahomes, then Burrow, then Brock Purdy. So the four quarterbacks in the order of the four teams that they are odds to win the championship okay. are your Super Bowl MVPs. We kind of talked about this with, with, with Fez yesterday. There's no reason to bet something like this now as a – you know, as a proxy, uh, as a proxy for the team, because just bet the team. Yeah, just bet the team and then roll it over and bet the team again. You're gonna, you're probably gonna get more of a payout, especially if it's one of these, especially if it's the 49ers. I mean, think about it right now. If we do, if we do the math, 49ers are small underdogs, so plus 125. All right, now you got 125 bucks. Now you take that 220. Uh, Let's say you bet 100, you got 125. Now you take your 225 and you put it on the Niners in the Super Bowl. Let's say they are minus 105, right? Well, 225 at minus 105 pays you out 440. Now you got 440. Why would you bet plus 350 when right. you can get plus 440? So it, uh, it doesn't make sense to do, to do one of these proxy-type bets. One of the thoughts I had on this game is the Jalen Hurts rushing yard prop, which is at 48 and a half right now as of this morning. Mm. I kind of like the under here. It feels like if we, you know, he looked healthy last week. 
But I don't think the Eagles want to take any kind of risks with him right now, especially, you know, when your guy's coming back from injury, you don't want to go out there and have him just rushing the ball willy-nilly. I agree. 49ers elite run defense. It feels like this is a spot where, and and let's also remember, Jalen Hurts, most of the running that he did was early in this season. It slowed down tremendously mm-hmm. as the season went on. And this number is still pricing it like... 47 and a half. Yeah, it's still pricing it like he's uh, like he's running everywhere. Yeah, I, I would agree. I don't think that's going to be the game plan here. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to throw it. I actually like looking at the receivers for the Eagles. And maybe it's... Well, A.J. Brown coming out and saying, I want the ball. Like, yeah, I, I think maybe he gets, yeah. gets force-fed. I think so. And he's at 70 and a half receiving yards or four and a half receptions. See, it's funny. With like a running back or a tight end, I tend to like receptions more than yards. With a receiver like A.J. Brown. Takes two catches. I mean, he may break one. Yeah. That's it. Like So I tend to like the – One 45-yard catch is more than halfway there. Yeah. So, But, it de- yeah, it depends on what kind of player you've got. Like if you've got a slot receiver, mm-hmm. probably receptions is the way to go. You've got a big game breaker, I, I tend to lean towards – that because here's what's interesting. finding those big shots isn't always yeah. easy. Here's the interesting. A.J. Brown's at four and a half. Devontae Smith, five and a half receptions. But AJ, I mean, but AJ Brown seventy and a half yards. Devontae Smith sixty six and a half. So it just goes to what I'm saying. The, the guy who you're, it's easy to get pop passes to, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, because you only have so many chi- so many chances per game to make a big play down the field. Mm-hmm. Like especially if it's a good defense like this, you're not gonna like you can't just throw down the field to AJ Brown, you know, twenty times a game. It doesn't work that way. You have to pick and choose those spots when you're trying to make a big play. Otherwise, you're taking what you can get. Take what you can get. Jab, jab, jab. Then you throw the hook. Like that's the way it works. Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown score minus one twenty five. Oof. I, you know what? I don't know that I like any anytime touchdown scores because I'm still torn on the on the under and over. Like if this ends up being a really low scoring game, just a bunch of field goals. Yeah, you might be just throwing a, a dart because there might only be one or two touchdowns in the game, and then what? Um, but. Field goals made. Christian McCaffrey certainly amongst the guys that I could see scoring. Here we go. Robbie Gold over under one and a half field goals made. I I think over. Yeah. What's the what's the juice on that? Minus one fifteen. Wow, that's actually a pretty good price. Actually. Jake Elliott uh, over under one and a half is minus uh, over is minus one ten. I well here's and here's why I certainly like it more for the 49ers. or because I think the 49ers will be more they'll they'll be less aggressive. They I mean they're a, the, the Eagles are do, a ballsier or you, team. Or you can do points. Both of them are over under six and a half points. That would be two field goals and an extra point. Yeah. And if that's a minus 110? Minus 135 for both of them over. No, I'll, I like the one and a half field goals better. Yeah, just two field goals for Robbie yep. Gold. But yep. you, you got to figure if he gets two field goals, well, you never know. Teams go for two. Sure. It, it could, it, he can miss an extra point, right? Yeah. Or he could pull Brett Maher. We've seen a lot of guys missing extra points. Yeah. So I actually like that a lot to uh, – to go over one and a half field goals for Robbie Gold. In the NBA last night, listen, there were some some games being played. That's always important, but most important was one of those injuries that we got to talk about. Yeah. Like when a key guy goes down, we got to talk about it. And who knows how long it is, how long he's out for, but Luka exits the first quarter of the game against the Suns with a sprained left ankle. And it was one of those where you step on the foot, it rolls, um, and, you know, he limps to the locker room. X-rays are negative. Which, which is a good is sign. Positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, you know, 
he's probably going to miss a little bit of time. And anytime somebody who's averaging 34 points a game is going to miss some time, you go, oh, that's that's notable. Yeah, well, uh, the Mavs have not won a game in which Doncic hasn't oof. played. They're 0-5 this year when Luka doesn't play. Man. And, <laughs> yeah. So, a, a positive news that the X-rays are negative, uh, but not so positive news that he's going to apparently miss some time. Uh, he was named an All-Star. So... I assume he like the guys who are named the All Star starters. They get drafted first, and then you yeah, draft the I, subs. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work this year because they change it every single year. I, one of my biggest beefs were was if there's no conference teams, right? It's just the captains picking players. Why does there have to be an even number of players from each conference? I don't get it. So here's what's happening: LeBron and Giannis were named the captains of the two teams that will take. Uh, place the all-star game uh, in Salt Lake City. And for the first time, they're actually going to televise the draft. They are going to televise the all-star draft, which is something that I have been screaming for for years. It's a perfect TV event. Why not just televise it instead of doing it behind closed doors? And then we get an article on ESPN.com that says, LeBron James selects Anthony Davis first in the all-star draft. No, I want to see it. I want to see them pick it up, and they're going to pick these teams right before the game. So how about that? The starters of the Western Conference with LeBron are Zion, Jokic, Curry, and Luka. Start. Now, now, it's hard to uh, hard to argue, although may- maybe you make an argument for Anthony Davis over Zion. Uh, you know, some injury time missed, but... Yeah, starters on the East, along with Giannis, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving... Jason Tatum, and Donovan Mitchell. And if I'm not mistaken, Kevin Durant's already announced that he is not going to play. Uh, you know, he's been mm-hmm. out with injury, so it'd be weird if he if he played in the All-Star game, but this is like the third straight All-Star game that he will have missed. These uh, games are whatever anyway. Maybe fourth. Honestly the, honestly, the best part of the All-Star game, if they do it again, is the Elam ending. Yeah. It's it's literally the best part of the All-Star game. I, I, I kind of like the draft. <laughs> No, I like the Elam ending. Uh, Elam I, ending is the best best part about it. I've just been, like I love the fact that somebody has to be picked last. <laughs> and I really loved it the year that it was like James Harden was picked last, even though like his numbers suggested he should have been like one of the first guys taken. And everyone's like, no, nah, I don't want him on my team. I, I don't want to play with him. I, I love that. It's almost like bullying. It's funny to me. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what's going to go on next month. Salt Lake City, the all-star game uh, with the NBA. We got a short schedule tonight, including your Cavs, AJ, taking the court in OKC against the Thunder. Yeah, and with this, all-star Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, this is the uh the the second night of a back-to-back for my Cavs who won 113-95 over your Houston Rockets last night, Scott. <laughs> I I'm gonna let you I'm going to let you claim them. Uh yeah, the Cavs one and a half point favorites at the Thunder, the Bucks eight point favorites at Indiana, the Grizzlies three point favorites at the T-Wolves, Magic catching seven at the Miami Heat, and the Warriors five-point home favorites to the Raptors. Well, last night was a fun night for some teams. The dogs were barking. Dogs were barking. We talked about some of the dogs on yesterday's show, the biggest dogs being the Blackhawks over the Flames. They won five to one, 
and the Ducks over the Avalanche. Ducks won 5-3. We said on, on yesterday's show, yesterday morning, we said, which one, you said, which one of these dogs is going to mm-hmm. win? I said, I, I don't know. Blackhawks have been playing well lately. Yeah. If I had to pick one, I'd pick them. They freaking both won. They both won. If you took, right, the Ducks were plus 338 at Circa. The Blackhawks were plus 326. If you parlay both the <laughs> Ducks and the Blackhawks, a 100. Hey, you're a degenerate. Yeah. A $100 parlay, $1,765.88. Damn. A two-team parlay, $100, Ducks and Blackhawks last night. That would have felt good. That would have felt real good. Would have felt much better than me losing my over on the Penguins Capitals. A game that saw the Capitals shoot 45 shots on net against Casey DeSmith. The Penguins shoot 37 shots. We had over 80 shots on goal in this game, and there were only four goals scored in regulation. Mm. I, I need to know, I'm sure there's a way to research this, how many games in the NHL have had 80 shots on goal and have not gone over the posted total. Like, that's what I want to know. Casey DeSmith, a guy who has really not had a good month of January, made 43 saves last night. The most saves he has had in a game this season. Go figure, right? I picked the wrong night to pick on Casey DeSmith. Yeah. He, you know, he probably just heard me talking, you know, smack about him and was like, I'm going to have a great game tonight. That's what he said before the yeah. game. Before the game. You he brought was, this on yourself. He was listening to SOVAM, right, before the game. He's in the locker room or morning skate. He's listening to SOVAM, and he says, boy, this Seidenberg really doesn't like me. <laughs> Guess what? I'm going to go out there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a gem of a game between these pipes, and I'm not going to let the great eight embarrass me. And Casey DeSmith put up probably his best performance of the season last night. Elsewhere last night, the Bruins, losers. That's very rare because they've only lost in regulation now six times this season. Uh, They lose to the Lightning 3-2. The Devils lose on the road. There's a shocker. Only their third regulation loss on the road this season. They lose 6-4 to the Devils. But it was Mackenzie Blackwood in net. It wasn't Vitek Vanacek, so... Vanacek, who was 8-0 in his last eight starts. Blackwood gets the start last night. Devils lose. Oh, by the way, Devils are playing tonight on the second night of a back-to-back, which means probably going to be Vanacek in net, going for his ninth straight win. Devils, dogs in Dallas tonight. You know I love me some devil dogs. Are you uh, are you betting on those devil dogs is the question. Uh, Ottinger against Vanacek, devil dogs, I might... I might have to do it. Devils, uh, the Stars are plus uh, minus 140, so Devil Dogs, you're going to get probably Devils at like, I don't know, plus 125, depending on what the straddle is. Let's, you know, depending on what the book is going to offer you. I see plus, yeah, I see plus 120s out there, so shop around, get the best price if that's the way that you look. The Flames, who lost to the Blackhawks, are now home tonight for the second of a back-to-back against... The Seattle Kraken, who just – oh, no, they're on the road, excuse me, against the Kraken, who might just be one of the best teams in hockey. They certainly score who like it. Who saw that coming? No one. <laughs> they certainly score like it. Kraken, this is a minus 110 game both ways. Kraken are the highest scoring team in the NHL. It's it's unreal. 
they just light they light up the the light the lamp is what they say. Uh, so I, I kind of like the Kraken here in this one. Blue Jackets at the Canucks. Vancouver minus one ninety might get an Elvis sighting Uh-oh. in Vancouver. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs host the Senators. Toronto minus 250. VGK is in New York to take on the Rangers. New York minus 160. If it's Aiden Hill in net for the Knights, I would lean Rangers strongly. I think the Knights have struggled on this on this East Coast trip. They've lost uh, two straight games now. What first game was in. Arizona, but then they headed cross country to play the Devils, and they lose in New Jersey. Maybe now a couple of days on the East Coast, they, their bodies have gotten acclimated, so you might get a better performance from the Knights here on Friday night, but we'll see about the goaltending matchup. Red Wings are at the Islanders. The Islanders, oh, you want to talk about a team that has not played good hockey lately. I saw this uh, stat on the NHL Network. They They showed what New York has done over their last, I guess it's eight starts, I want to say. But here are the numbers on the Islanders. That's the last 11 games, not eight, 11 games. One, seven, and three. Only scoring 1.64 goals per game while allowing 3.27 goals per game. In those 11 games, one for 27 on the power play. How often do power plays come through? What's like, what's, your, what's an expected percentage? Uh, you have Edmonton, 31% is oh, the highest in the okay. league. So one of 27 is like extremely bad. Like it's Oh, yeah, that's 3.7%. Oh, yeah, it's bad. I, I'd say around the league, if you you want to have a, a, a plus 20-something uh, percentage, the best teams in the league, like I said, Edmonton, 31, Boston, 27, Tampa, 26, Ottawa, 26, Those that, that's a high power play percentage. So you want to have, a, you want to have those types of numbers. Uh, let's go over the rest of the schedule is going to feature the Sharks and the Hurricanes. Carolina, a heavy favorite, minus 305. And the Kings at the Panthers, Florida, minus 160. Last night, Purdue, who led between like 9 and 13 points over Michigan most of the night, end up winning by 5 points on the road. The number? 5. Ooh. So Michigan, late, furious comeback to at least get their guys a push. Uh, tough break if you're a Purdue backer who they were dominating most of that entire game. But we're going to go out west where we're going to have a little bitch session about Mick Cronin and UCLA. My favorite play on the board yesterday was the under in the UCLA-USC game. And it was 131 and a half when mm-hmm. I played it. And then a big, famous syndicate Raz gave the over, so it shoots up to 134 and a half. What did they know? We'll get to this in here in a moment. I'm going to fast forward you, though. Because I saw it was a it was a fairly low-scoring first half because USC didn't score much in the first half. It was 62 points in the first half. You're, you're well on pace. Well on pace. There. How about this? Even though second halves are higher scoring, sure. you're still on pace. The four-minute mark, the four under four timeout? Yeah. 56 to 52. That's 108 points. You're looking good. I'm looking real good. You're worried about overtime, but you're looking good. I was worried about overtime. Now let's fast forward to uh let's fast forward to a minute 44 left in the game. Okay. 56 to 52. 
Mm. So things have gone well so far since the four-minute mark. Feeling good. 108 points. We got about 100 seconds left. Yeah. Not, not much can go wrong here. You'd think so. Well, th- here's what happened. Is Boogie Ellis makes a three-pointer. Tiger Campbell turns it over. And Kobe Johnson makes a couple free throws. Now it's an 11-point game all of a sudden. Just now like that. Like, Oof. Just now, like that. Now, but for me, I'm thinking, oh, this is great. It's an 11-point game with a minute and seven seconds left. I'm in good you shape. Figure, you figure, going to look for a three, miss a three. Yeah. You know, yeah. So UCLA got, runs down, gets a layup. Now at the 101 mark, it's 58-67. So do some quick math. That's 125. Still still, Still got still there. six and a half points. Yep. Clock ticks down. 44 seconds left. UCLA fouls. Boogie was Ellis. It, was it like an intentional foul yeah. or was it a foul on a, it was a, foul. On a shot? No, it was a foul. He tried, reached in and fouled him. Okay. Makes both free throws. Now it's 69-58. Now we're getting close. We're at 127. Mm-hmm. Got four, four and a half points of wiggle room here. But how much time is left? There's now 44 seconds left. All right. So you figure dribble out the entire shot clock here. Right? Well, no, but USC just made free throws. Okay. So, so UCLA, okay, they, they, Hawkins gets whatever, down. Whatever they do here, the the your 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 worst case scenario here is that UCLA makes a three and then USC dribbles the entire shot clock. Out. Sure. And then you're hoping that you don't get a buzzer beater by UCLA. But they don't. UCLA goes down, they get a quick dunk, 36 seconds quick left. Two, okay. It's 69-60. They're down by nine with 30-something seconds left. With 36 seconds left. Yeah. You would think, it's a, what is it, a 35-second shot clock? Yeah. All right. So you can't play defense the whole way, but maybe. Co- 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Play defense a little bit. See what you can do. Yeah. They foul. Boogie Intentionally. Ellis, yeah. Boogie Ellis make, well, on the inbound. Boogie Ellis yeah. makes both free throws. Oh, boy. Now they're up 11, but it's one. It's at 131. It's at my number. So now you just need a UCLA miss, a USC rebound, game over. That's what you get. UCLA, actually first, UCLA shoot, USC block out of bounds. Oh, time burn. Great. I'm loving Great. it. I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah. 21 seconds left. Yep. UCLA tries again. That's it. All you need is a miss here. All you need is a miss and a USC rebound. Good news. They missed. That's it. USC rebounds. Game over. Dribble it out. They're up 11 with 19 seconds left. That's it. That's Game's it. over. Game's Let's over. celebrate. Start shaking hands. No, they foul. Down 11, they it, foul. Intentionally foul. Intentionally foul. Not only do they foul there, Mick Cronin loses his shit on the referees, gets a technical. Oh, my goodness. Fourth, for, uh, four, uh, fourth free, throw, four, three, free throws? Say that 10 times fast. This game, with 19 seconds left, that was at 131 points, mm-hmm. should have been over right there. There's no reason to foul right there. Down 11 with yeah, 19 seconds over. left. Like I said, start chicken hands. <laughs> there were the final score was 77 to 64. Oh my goodness. There were 10 points scored in the last 19 seconds of a double digit game. That's and they lose by 13. That, so after so Boogie Ellis makes the two free throws for mm-hmm. the foul, then he makes the two technical free throws. My number's dead now yeah, anyway because yep. of this. So now they're down. 13, mm-hmm. guess what? Eight seconds left, down 13. UCLA fouls again. <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, with eight seconds left, you, you're coming back from this thing? So so 
I hate Nick Cron- Mick Cronin so much. What we're saying here is that they were playing for the over. You don't foul down 11 with 19 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when you do that? In the NCAA tournament. Yes. You don't do that on a Thursday night. <laughs> It just doesn't it doesn't happen in this sport. And I see a lot of crazy shit in this sport. It just doesn't happen. You don't do it. You, you know, you might do it if you're in like uh the Southland Conference. Wow. Or the MEAC. Yeah. You're not doing that in Pac-12 basketball. Like That's bad. You, you're big boys. That's bad. Uh, wow. It, embarrassing. So I I'm listen, I'm bitter. Uh-huh. It wasn't supposed to be like that. It it, it happens to you. Uh, I want to shout out one of our listeners, AJ, uh, the Grizz, who tweeted at me, if you blindly threw $10 on the money line on the lower-ranked top 25 team whenever two teams in the top 25 play against each other, mm-hmm. you would be up $186 and never go into the red once. Wow. And if you started, like, you, so you take the lower-ranked team, right, and we're playing against the higher-ranked team, you bet the lower-ranked team, money line, bang, you hit it every time. You're up money on the season. I guess I, I, I'm pretty sure he means, like, if oh, I guess if you do it as, uh, with the underdogs as well. So you just bet the lower-ranked team every time. And, yeah, a $10 bet. Every time on the money line on the lower ranked team in the top twenty top twenty five matchups, you're up 186 to date, and you have never gone below zero. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, and he's tracked it. So good job, Grizz, tweeting at me that. Congra- uh, thanks, thank, bud. Thank you, Grizz. Yeah, appreciate that. Only one game going in the top twenty five tonight. It is the New Mexico Lobos. They are thirteen point home favorites to Air Force. Air Force. I would say a tough team to blow out because mm. they play at one of the slowest place, paces in the country, except this week, or, or I guess it was Tuesday night, uh, I saw them lose by almost a million points to <laughs> San Jose State, who's not very good. Actually, they lost by 30 on the road. But now they're at New Mexico, and this is the thing, New Mexico, excellent home team. Mm-hmm. Colorado State, excellent, or excuse me, Air Force, excellent home team because eleva- elevation. Elevation, yeah. But when you're an excellent home team, usually your numbers drop off on the road. So now you've got two great home teams. The home team laying 13. It's a big number. I think New Mexico absolutely torches this Air Force team. Mm. Uh, New Mexico has really flown under the radar this year, which is hard to do when you're sitting at 18 and three. Yeah. Uh, they're winning a whole lot of, including wins over like St. Mary's, which is a, a, a fantastic win. Uh, they did that. They beat St. Mary's at St. Mary's, and St. Mary's a top 10 team in the country. Uh, not getting a lot of love. Lost in double overtime earlier this week. We talked about that game to Nevada, uh, where I said I knew it was over as soon as they yep. went to overtime. Um, but I think this is a good spot for New Mexico here against Air Force tonight. So a big uh, day tomorrow in college troops, but there is only one matchup of two ranked teams, and that's Texas against Tennessee. Tennessee number four, Texas number 10. Ironically, not the marquee matchup of the day, though, because no. you've got Kentucky and Kansas that's yeah, going to get yeah. all the headlines. But that's the only matchup of top 25 teams. Do we apply the strategy here and, and bet number 10 Texas money line? Ooh, that's a big balls play. Uh, I big do, balls play. I do think that there's going to be value on Texas. Um, if you look at 
Ken Pomeroy's website and kind of a lot of the times this is the the way that these books are opening. What's Ken Palm say? Okay, that's our opener. Mm. Uh, Tennessee's favored by eight. You look at Bart Torvik, which is another stats website, yep. favored by ten. Mm. If you're getting eight or ten points with Texas, I think you're talking about some real value here. Uh, Texas, the, the drop-off since Chris Beard left has just not been real. Like, yeah. they've lost a couple games. Everybody's losing a couple games. Uh, but the losses to Kansas State and then a loss at Iowa State, which there's no shame in, it's not the end of the world. This Texas team is still one of the most talented teams in the country. If you give me eight, ten points on Saturday, I'm going to be on the Longhorns, specifically because the reason why Texas's current head coach, uh, Rodney Terry, is the co- is coaching and why he's at Texas, he's a former Rick Barnes assistant. Mm. Rick Barnes now coaches at Tennessee. Rick Barnes ain't looking to embarrass his old buddy, Rodney Terry. You don't want to do that. Does that mean he won't win by 10? <laughs> it's safe. I mean, that's you're getting borderline. But I, I'll i say this. I, I, don't think, uh, I, I don't think Rodney Terry will be fouling uh, if he's down 10 late in the game. So I, I think that's, that's one thing you could consider. It just doesn't – because it doesn't make sense in any world. <laughs> so uh, I, if, that, if that game is 8, 10 points – I'm gonna go with. The, I'm gonna lean with the dog. I'm gonna take the points though. I'm not. Uh, I'm not ready to get in this underdog or the uh, the money line dog spot here. That's. I'm not for that yet. But I will take the points. Well, it's gonna be an exciting weekend at pregame.com. We have tons of action, not just tonight, but Saturday, and then of course Championship Sunday. We'll be here before we know it. Go ahead and take twenty percent off anything you'd like at pregame.com using our promo code. Early 20, E-A-R-L-Y 20, early 20, because we love that you wake up early and make us the first thing that you listen to of the day. We had a lot of people uh, tweet me recently that that we're a part of their day, and I appreciate hearing from you guys. That that means a lot to us that you guys are uh, giving us love every morning, waking up, listening to the show. We appreciate it. Makes us feel not crazy for waking up at all hours of the night to do this show for an early release on the East Coast. What what I like is the consistency of us doing this show every day to make sure that we are a part of your routine is is fantastic, Uh, and to hear it to the support from you guys to tweet at us, to let us know whether it's at Scott's on air at AJ is the real letting us know that you, you know, appreciate the show. We appreciate you. Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell everybody. I mean, share the love, tell your enemies, tell your ex wives. You know, I don't care if people love or hate the show. Just listen, just listen to the show. Tell your friends to listen. Yeah. Like if you hate it, say, Chuck, Man, Chuck I, you got to listen to this show. It's yeah, freaking terrible. Guys. Yeah, wait till you hear what this moron had to yeah, say. We th- need those know, guys, morning. too. You got to have both. Yes. It makes us better, too. <laughs> like, you know, the criticism makes us better. Absolutely. So, That's why I yeah. criticize you every chance. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Early 20 is the promo code. 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. There are daily best bets. There are season-long packages, rest-of-season packages. And if you are not a pregame.com member, because some people listening are just not pregame.com members, sign up for free, and by signing up, you will get $25 to use on a best bet package. So basically, you get a three-star play for free. You can get one of Fez's best plays for free. You can get an AJ best bet for free. One of my best bets for free. By just signing up at pregame.com. And once you sign up and use your free $25, you're in, club. you're in the club. You get access to all of the promo codes we give out every morning on this show. The promo codes we give out on the Dream Pod as well. 
And you can join the forums, post your own picks, enter free contests. We're constantly giving away so money. Real cash. Yeah, real cash. We're constantly giving away money. Congratulations to the winners of the bowl contest that won $500 cash by entering for free. The Beat McKenzie Rivers NBA contest. People are trying to, you know, make money. So. I got so, a feeling there'll be a Beat Scott hockey contest next year, next year as oh, well. Oh, next year. They could try. They could try. I mean, I'll, I'll put up my own money for that. Oh, a big balls play. If if pregame puts up $500 for that, I'll match it. I love it. So then we'll give the winner $1,000. I love it. If they can get more units than me in the NHL. I love it. Next season. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Maybe we'll do something for the rest of this season. Let's like after the All-Star off. break. Like maybe we'll, we'll yeah, maybe so. figure it out. When's the All-Star? Next weekend, right? No, NHL? Yeah. Uh, I think it's right. I think it's coming up next weekend. The, it is on the, yeah, that is where you're right. Next Damn. weekend. February 4th. I don't want to say I'm a hockey expert, but I knew the All-Star break was next week. Sunrise, Florida. Oh. Home of the Florida Panthers. Oh. Was unaware of that? You didn't know? No, is Sunrise like Miami area? Uh, it's South Florida. It's I don't, I don't want to say it's. So they just got a, t- a a hockey team in the middle of nowhere. It's it's I guess it's kind of closer to Fort Lauderdale. I guess. Okay. Uh, that's where the All Star game will take place. Oh, good! I get a couple days off. No, head on down. Actually, no. You know why? You just went to Florida. I was just there. Um, I was very close to Sunrise. Actually, one of our listeners tweeted at me, asked if I wanted to go to the Panthers game. I was busy, but I love betting the skills competitions. Fastest skater, hardest shot. I love betting. Ooh, all that, that stuff. stuff's bettable. Oh yeah. Well, Ooh, I like that. You got to find the sites. Yeah. But there are sites that do offer the uh, bets on the skills competitions. I remember last year I had Dylan Larkin in the fastest skater, and he almost got it done. But uh, yeah, I love uh, I love betting that stuff. So there's going to be three new events this year. There's going to be splash shot, pitch and puck, and tendy tandem. I don't know what any of that means. Neither do I, but we'll talk about it when it gets closer. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of it. AM.